0: what's after breakfast what's before lunch it's Austin
1: Texas it's weird brunch I think this is the third one we've recorded on my birthday on my do we always record on your birthday I know we have at least once and I believe twice so you're welcome yeah this is possibly lucky number three.
0: Well, for the last three years, it would have been on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So,
1: that's true. Mm-hmm. One of them was on a Wednesday.
0: Mm. We did we have a leap year in between 2020 was a leap year. It was. Yeah. Do you just like that's, know all the leap years? No, that's just the only thing I remember out the year 2020. I don't think anything interesting happened besides that. Presidential it was a leap year. elections are on leap years.
1: Oh well, did we have what?
2: Uh yeah, uh, that's just kind of how uh, it's yeah. worked out,
1: okay? I Everyone knows that.
2: this. <laughs> and it's usually when the summer Olympics happen too. Cuz every 4 years, yeah. Uh but I think that might have been a little fucked up because of COVID, so I they don't know. They didn't skip But it's a leap summer year. 2024 is in France, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. <laughs> it's something to look forward to, y'all. Yeah, I can, yeah, that's what I the
0: only Another thing keeping Olympics. me going is, I mean, is that I have to I make know. it to the the 2024 summer olympics. summer olympics in france
1: why is that not typing do you know how much like fun like b-roll side stuff they're gonna do in france though i mean that's gonna be great
0: like what shots they're gonna take just a yeah. lot of eiffel tower yeah a lot of and move. like
1: you know how they're like and the history of france like they always tell you the history of something yeah yeah and get you like look a baguette (laughs) the history of baguettes yeah give me the history of baguettes originally
0: the french um bobsled team were just in one
1: big baguette did you know that i did actually yeah it was a bunch of ratatouille's (laughs) baguette going down a slide name is remy (laughs) it was a bunch
2: of ratatouille's That's I mean these are these are all accurate depictions.
0: This is a facts only based <coughs> podcast with mm-hmm. no additional commentary
1: and no research. Nope. That's it. Facts, facts. Oh, ooh. Y'all know how I love Disney World tragedy, right? Mhm. I have I have news.
2: New tragedies, <laughs> new
1: tragedies unfolding, unfurling new, new lawsuit. Um oh. and I'd like to ask you guys it's really are you going up. straight
0: into your story or is this just no, a no, side no. bit this is a side bit yeah. but i did
1: write it down mm-hmm. what injury did disney world recently get sued for was it one aggressive neck pain from riding mr toad's wild ride two an epileptic seizure on space mountain three a wedgie while wearing a one-piece bathing suit on the Humunga cowabunga in typhoon lagoon I'm going wedgie. I think wedgie. See? Just
0: because I like wedgie. Correct. Yay. Oh, yeah. Because
1: it wasn't a back wedgie. Oh, it was a Murph. And oh. it destroyed. Oh, it was, no. yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, was it a girl? Yeah. The term laceration. Oh, God. Was
2: it a woman or a kid? A woman.
1: Okay. She was. She's had it for a while. Yeah, <laughs> She'll be fine. fine. She probably wore that already. In the article, yeah. it said she was wearing a one-piece bathing suit in celebration of her 30th birthday and i was like oh that sentence yeah oh, do we need to look say, at my
2: new one piece <laughs> I'm, 30. I'm in my 30s <laughs> <laughs> they could be the one pieces came back like a few years ago yeah. and they're acceptable yeah. there's cute one pieces. Like though when though when you say Celebrating her your 30th thir- birthday yeah. in a one-piece bathing suit. Like, we're
1: already talking about how part of her body is it's destroyed. destroyed. Yeah, we so don't sad. need to say she's celebrating her body in a one Oh, piece. my God.
0: When I was in Miami last week, there were, I think I saw two One Piece bathing suits the entire time I was Oh, there. well, Miami, oh. everybody's naked Yeah, and it was wonderful. Yeah,
1: what was the comparison, like, of just a string?
0: Oh, uh, I would think there were definitely more just, like, straight up bikinis yeah. on anybody's, but a lot of thongs. I wore thong. It was great. Yeah. There's, nobody gives a shit. Well, yeah. How burned Buts were your body? I wasn't. I, I, I reapplied. A lot. Okay. I, your butt I fear greatly getting yeah. sunburned, and we had uh, a the little burn. cover. We paid the twenty mm, bucks to burn. get the cabana situation. It was really good. It was only twenty bucks. That's nice. Well, because we stayed at the hotel, and you <clears> get free access to the private. beds, but mm-hmm. then you have to pay for the umbrella. Which is okay. Whatever. And so we pay paid for, twenty dollars yeah, for the umbrella. We didn't get the cabana. That's I don't. I didn't even check to see how much like the oh, cabana wouldn't was. Wouldn't want yeah. an umbrella. Cheat like, just, people. Which I would get if this was. 10 yeah, years you're ago, I'd be like, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, it was extraordinarily expensive overall. So mm-hmm. if somebody asks you for money for something, you just go, okay, <laughs> this is just
1: how the way it I've is. I've already, yeah, I've mm-hmm. already given up.
2: I like Miami. I don't think I could live there. No. It's mm-hmm. too. Much. Pretty, yeah, like too many pretty people, too, too much going on. It's too active for me. It's very flashy. It's the friend who parties too much that I like, but I can't hang out with all the time. Yeah, it's your like friend we who were does cocaine. Okay. talking about, yeah, like Who's every still night. still 30 and, and yeah. you're like, I can't Who does it every hang night, out with you just like once in a while.
0: When we were there, I, and we didn't go to any of like the clubs or anything, but we did walk on Ocean Drive, like the where all the Art Deco buildings are and they're all bars at night, mm-hmm. and none of those bars... The bars are open, but the actual clubs in the bars did not open till midnight in Mm
1: -hmm. most places. Disgusting.
0: And not that we would ever go into them. It was like 930. And that's not our vibe. But if I was like 22, it would have been the funnest place in the entire world.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially because at that age, if you're cute, like you're not paying for anything. You're like everyone. Yeah. But
1: who? At 22, Like, I wouldn't have had Miami visiting money until my 30s. Well, that's kind of the
0: joke there. You know how, like, there's the IKEA relationship test where you're at a certain point in in your relationship and you go to IKEA with your partner and, like, if you can survive IKEA Mm -hmm. without, like, killing each other, then y'all are, like, meant to last. There's a friendship test of groups of girls in your early 20s. If you can all go to a Miami Beach trip together and, like, still be friends at the end of it. Oh, shit. I see it on TikTok, especially because it started showing up in my algorithm once it knew I was going to Miami. And it's usually, like, one girl shows up and did not bring any money and just expects everyone to, like, pay for her. Another girl showed up who's, like, just broken up with her boyfriend and just wants to, like, slut it up and then cry. Mm -hmm. And then the one friend who just wants to drink, the one person who doesn't want... It's just this, like, figuring out those dynamics of your friend group. And then Mm -hmm. you realize that all these people have been friends for, like, six months. Right. (laughs) So... There's always somebody who flies back early because they're sick of your shit and like uh, damn, everyone's hung the entire time.
1: Fly back early, money. That's what you call your parents. Ugh. Yeah.
2: I have to get out of here. I'd still go. Like I've I've been once. I'd go back.
0: Um, yeah, I don't think I'd like. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, to I'm go not back. in a hurry.
2: Like the, the when I went, that was. It's got to be like 10 years ago yeah. now. Did you go
0: Seven through all the like maybe. hipster art area? We went to the Woodward Walls. That was really cool. That, it was. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Did very. Did you
2: go to the area where, I mean, the birdcage yeah, was filmed? Is that the that's walk? That's the Carlisle. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. What a movie. What a movie. The best movie on the planet. On this planet.
0: This planet.
1: Okay. There could Thanks be better
0: ones. On Gleep Corp elsewhere. 7. Yeah. Yeah. some bangers up there for sure. Gleep glorp seven yeah
1: <sighs> so much
2: alien stuff going on right now yeah know? surprising so for your birthday decorations i went to party city and i was like i'm gonna see if there's alien stuff because cj had mentioned alien mm-hmm. decorations on the front yard and they didn't have a like anything alien related de- decor wise i
0: don't think that party is on like the bleeding edge of like yeah, that, they're not. They're going to know when a Barbie movie is coming out, so they'll buy for that, but they're not going to hear that aliens are like in vogue mm-hmm. right now, so they're going to buy up a bunch There'll of aliens. There'll be a lot stuff. next year. Yeah.
1: Or do you think that Party City is run by the aliens and it's disrespectful? Ooh, it could be it's like that. An appropriation. Party yeah. City is such
0: an odd place, anyways. It is. So, it's yes. Because everything Thank to you. celebrate is happening all at the same time, always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Happy St.
1: Patrick's Day, everyone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also happy Christmas
1: mm-hmm.
0: and also it's your bachelorette but it's also your divorce party Yeah, it's also your 60th birthday yeah, and also. it's all
1: happening on the 4th of July it's crazy My and God. weddings, baby yeah. shower, all of it what mm-hmm. if we did just have one super holiday
0: that'd be a fun party theme that would be so fun super holiday
2: I saw, I want to do this I saw a uh, girls like, you know, theme People on TikTok are so clever with their themes, and it was wear the outfit that you never get to wear. Yeah. And I was like, That'd be super fun. Oh, I have so many like nice of, like, dresses or like weird
0: clothes. Yeah. That's the party I want to have. I want to do one where you tell different friend groups different themes and they all show up <sighs> to the same party. So, like, my work friends, I'd be like, Is space aliens themed? And then to like y'all, I would be like, I don't know, it's. What I wanted to be when I grew up themed. And so everyone just shows up really confused. <laughs> you got to have a lot of friend groups yeah, though. And I don't, we know you don't. I do not. I'm, mm, Let's move on. Yeah. I keep that group small.
1: We could combine. We could also just. I would just Haley's tell y'all to do it. Haley's
2: assignment party. And everyone gets assigned something.
0: That'd be really fun. Like, yeah. uh, like, uh, like a. Like a. You come in. You have to come and see me. Yeah. And, and then we have like two minute conversation. And I'm like. And you shall be. Mm-hmm a cowboy it's like
1: yeah. a, a a godfather's daughter's wedding
0: yeah what it's on this the day of my daughter's wedding? yeah they can't ask oh, but that being asking me a favor I well see. and the that, favors i give them a theme yes you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding yeah yeah we do that It'd be fun <laughs> even people i don't know doesn't happen after the diet coke fest yeah so, yeah post Which I I told CJ, that's happening. That's for real.
1: And he was like, that's not going to happen. And I was like, no. I'll throw down money for it. It can happen. It's just funny that I was told, we want to have it here because you have a big backyard. I was like, what is going to happen Mm -hmm. at this point? I I feel like there's... A Diet Coke slip and slide. I mean,
2: possibly you have the pool. We could. Well, we just diet brown. We could just. I don't want to do that C&J to your pool. Would murder. We would have to put. We would just make it like a gigantic ice chest. Yeah. Of Diet Coke, mm-hmm. which would be so funny. We gotta. I gotta I start planning. Pull this off. I don't. I don't think it's that difficult. I have to, to do. start planning for it. And I honestly feel like if for some reason we were able to publicize
1: it, I think people would come to it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, Do you want people knowing where you live though? I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean if they're normal. Also then. if they're if I they can like think of Diet 12... Coke,
2: it's gonna be it's gonna be like only women and gay dudes that are like dedicated to Diet Coke in this way. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I feel like it's a
2: group of safe yeah, people. You're
1: gonna it'll, it'll be a safe space. Okay, until it's not. Until it's not. Yeah. Until we're we're on we pull coke. out that slip and slide. Yeah.
2: I do like the idea of having like a a you know like the Viagra bathtub outside except it is actually filled with diet coke and just like super sticky and you're just in this brown liquid yeah. but you also like I don't know, holding hands with the person next to you who's also in the tub. Well, because,
1: you know, Coca-Cola did a whole thing where you hold hands across the yeah. world. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I know. But yes, Wendy. But yes, yes.
0: But instead of, like, Coke would mean we all come together and hold hands. What's Diet Coke? We're at home and we text each you other. You, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, like, kind of reach out yeah. towards each mm-hmm. other. No touching. That no. makes it full Coke. I will say it yeah.
0: is, it, it, if anything, since it's with Diet Coke because it is so, like feminine centric or at least non-male centric and in the year of taylor swift beyonce and barbie mm-hmm. like i feel like it would the, that connection would be very closer maybe so instead of would like you
2: say it would be like the cap on the bottle like that tight. is
0: 2023 yeah
1: yeah or the tab on the can or the little yeah, plastic but like cover a, you know
2: like you're not gonna put a tab back on the can no. but you will like i don't know i'm like i'm thinking like cherry on top Mm-hmm. yeah but I'm just trying to think of a the diet coke that part, has a
1: bottle cap, yeah
2: the fucked up part is that my least form favorite form of diet Coke is plastic bottle recyclable yeah yeah definitely, so I like a warm can of Diet coke the
0: straw in the music yeah the that's a good idea, yeah they sound really nice.
1: I can think of at least ten of my like very good friends who would show up just for the fly in for it no
2: i would i would fly in for it if i wasn't hosting it
1: man for years my friend amy got me a dead animal of some shape or form um for my birthday so like um one year it was a taxidermied fox paw that was a hat rack thing mm-hmm. um and j- just for years randomly she sent me like a, a taxidermied bat that was in a case i've i've looked into buying those before those are very cool yes but then we, she went dark for a few years and it was it was a good few years of no death on my birthday <laughs> so does that mean it's re-emerged it or? has it what re-emerged is it yesterday it is four um bugs of some sort i've not looked into it just yet because i just opened it and was like classic (laughs) we're back baby um but it's four bugs in amber Ooh, very cool that is Mm -hmm. cool Mm so back to death on the birthday yeah
2: well uh welcome to weird brunch it's been a minute since Mm -hmm. we've recorded Mm -hmm. so apologies we're just busy we're very busy it's gross i don't want to be busy
0: yeah low energy today i think
2: we all are because we were your birthday party was friday Mm -hmm. we all went to the postal service and death cab for cutie Mm -hmm. last night and we had to leave early like get out early because it was mom's birthday so we had to be at a dinner thing at four
1: very busy weekend yeah (laughs) when you texted me that i was like we could meet you there yeah we're not yeah starting at four and we
2: cleaned our house yesterday so it just cleaned and then got ready and left which was a bummer because i really just wanted to
1: not do lay. that yeah so, i wanna lay mm-hmm.
2: today would be a lay day but it's a podcast i right? can't i can't do it next weekend so mm-hmm. we gotta mm-hmm.
0: but the, all the weekends in october are gonna be packed. halloween yeah but oh. i'm whitney lamond i'm Haley lamond i'm lisa lamond she
1: is
0: Oh, <laughs> well, you have a family <laughs> portrait now so you're yeah, fully you do. adopted you? yeah well who wants to go first mine's pretty fun okay mine's fun too mine's just weird okay cool so we don't have any big old bummers Mm -mm. i don't think any of us were emotionally in a place where we could do a big old bummer Mm -mm. no mine's just a that makes sense (laughs) you know mine's a oh (laughs) that's silly mine's like (laughs) <laughs> okay, we should start with yours then. Okay. We, get it up. we like, need to figure out what <laughs> that, <laughs> that noise is. Well, what it's the not, noise
1: behind the noise is. It you could know? have
2: been dumber than. Uh, okay,
1: well, let's, let's get into go. it. Let's do it.
2: And it's funny, I didn't think about this until probably halfway through getting this story done. But the last story I did was about Italian music. And this has to do, well, it's about music that happened in Italy. Yeah. So. You're moving. I'm moving to Italy. It's 1989. The world we're living in right now. You ever heard of a little band called Pink Floyd? I
0: heard of them. You might have heard of them. Familiar. So
2: you know Pink Floyd. They're huge. Big and at the time, The Wall came out already. They had done another album called The Final Cut. Roger Waters leaves Pink Floyd in 1983 foolish after the final cut he said that the band was a spent force after releasing solo project over the solo projects over the next few years david gilmore nick mason and richard wright who were also members of pink floyd were like you know what i prefer us all being a band we did a lot better Together, mm-hmm. Roger Waters is still like, no, I'm not. I'm not.
1: I'm not back yet. You, you know, i like one of the Roger Run, droids mm-hmm. in maybe, one maybe. of the. Yeah, I know what you're talking baby about. Baby Anakin movies. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that's what I'm
2: going Roger to. Waters compliment. David gilmore starts working on a new solo album, but gets the other guys in, and it ends up being another album as Pink Floyd without Roger (laughs)
0: Waters and um, Barbara Wawa's interviewing Roger Wawa's yeah
2: so the album is called A Momentary Lapse of Reason and I was like do I know and Pink Floyd has so much music but their most famous song off of it is Learning to Fly which you would recognize not to be confused with Tom Petty's
0: learning to fly because that's immediately what I thought and I thought oh that's the Tom Petty song
2: yeah no it's but you'll recognize it hold on yeah
0: oh yeah
2: yeah okay that's the most famous song off of that album anyways it went platinum stop can you keep playing playing it just the whole background so it goes like triple platinum i think they plan a small tour around it and because the album actually did end up doing really well it goes on for like basically two years they're touring this album and that's when tomasi or francesco tomasi known as fran he's the band's promoter he's italian for their 1989 tour pink floyd were looking to perform in particular in peculiar places at the time, my office was in Venice, so I had the idea of organizing a free concert to coincide with the Feast of the Redeemer, which is known as the Redentore, in which the local population, rather than tourists, take active part in this yearly festival specific to Venice, right? And it's like no tourists allowed? No, it's not no tourists allowed, but it's definitely a local
1: so it's like thing. the Volturi thing in, uh, in a New Moon, if you will? I will not. I will. I will not. live in it. So the
2: Feast of the Redeemer, it goes all the way back to 1577. It was a celebration to mark the end of a three-year plague that killed 50,000 people in the area, which was like one-fourth of the population. Ooh. And so the Redentore is the feast that they hold over the, the next 500 years, right? Just like the uh, vampires. Yeah, Let's to, go. To I've never seen for the end Twilight, of the place. I've so no seen all of them multiple times. I've seen times. the first and the second, and that's Same. it. Uh, well, then you know what I'm referencing. I, I mean, I saw the second one you one time. I, I don't. I've seen them both like maybe once all right. I'll stay on my island. I'm Should, sorry. Well, these are just
0: change your story where you're going to retell all of Twilight yeah. from your From the
1: beginning. Yeah. I might do I might it. Do That'd it. be so fun. In the 18th
2: century, when obviously this had been going on for a while, it was common to see gondolas, bunches of musicians and people, you know, it's it's a big fucking celebration for the locals and it always ends with fireworks. The Italian tour or the promoter guy for Pink Floyd is like, Let's do this. I'm going to go talk to the government in Venice, and we're going to figure this out. They agreed to make it part of the Momentary Lapse of Reason tour. Italy's state broadcaster called RAI, which is Radio Televisione Italiano, had to
0: do it. Yep. It was really good. Agrees
2: to live broadcast the show, and right away, you know, there's... Controversy people are religious, like, right? Well, Wait. it's this religious holiday, but also Venice is old as fuck. It's like sinking into the water all the time, anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little, it's a small that was place, even
1: like before the cruise ships yeah. destroyed it. Yeah,
2: it's a small Mom. place, like really only 50,000 people can actually live in Venice proper, anyways, mm-hmm. right? So some people are worried, other people are like we if we want venice to still be relevant we have to yeah. do stuff like this so uh, you know you kind of see it from both sides sure
1: when would it not be relevant things fall out of vogue there's i mean there's been merchants from there yeah yeah
2: when was the last time you saw a merchant of venice
1: um <laughs> oh you love the merchants of venice named four of them you, yeah dimitri leonardo those DiCaprio. Those, that's. that's michelangelo no. So the project is backed
2: largely by Italy's socialist party. The minister of foreign affairs, Gianni Di Michele is the one who's like really leading the way against them are the traditionalists, the Limoncellos, called the, uh, the Limoncellos, the Christian Democrats. And they Ugh. were like, we don't like this at all. We don't want this to happen. The city authorities had arranged for the concert to take place in Venice's historic Piazza dei San. Senn- Piazza San Marco, which is the one that you see in all the pictures. It's like an open area and there's like cool build. The Basilica, San Marco Basilica is at the end of it. It's very cool. And the council, yeah, justified saying that Venice, quote, must be open to new trends, including rock music. The news was met with excitement by many, but anger as well. Older Venetians wanted to ban the concert they thought it would be a logistical nightmare and it could potentially destroy ancient facades and monuments. Wow. I think all of that is Fair. definitely possible. Fair. Also, Probable it would even. be eroding the cultural integrity of the event of the Redentore, the Redeemer Festival. The eh. vampires. Yeah. But they're still kind of moving forward with this. Also, RAI, the,
1: Ravioli state, the al state, fresco. uh
2: TV <laughs> station. Yeah. Yeah. The state television people had already sold this broadcast. They were like, we're going to broadcast it. They sold it to like 20 different countries. Yeah. Like everyone's already all in Broadcasts on Broadcasts
1: were so the huge The people, then, they were. Because of uh, Live World. Live World Aid. Aid. Live Aid. Live World Aid. Aid. World Aid. World Aid. Lemonade. <laughs> but
2: you know, the one with Freddie. So three days before the event, July 12th, 1989, they're still talking about it. Margarita also... Venice's superintendent for cultural heritage. And she was nicknamed the iron superintendent. This woman is intense. Mm -hmm. Vetoed. The concert. Mm -hmm. Vetoed the concert on the grounds that amplified sound would damage the mosaics of St. Mark's Basilica. While the whole piazza could very well sink under the weight of so many people. And Tomasi, the, Italian promoter working with Pink Floyd had to think fast. He offers to turn down the volume on it uh, (laughs) and move the speakers back and the stage back 98 feet. And Margarita is still like, I don't think so. Until the actual band members arrived the next day on July 13th. And Pink Floyd was like, can we please? We'll take the decibel levels down From 100 decibels to 60 decibels. And I looked it up. And 100 decibels is pretty much what
1: a festival has. Yeah. You're not supposed to have over 80 around your ears. 60 is like a conversation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So and they're going to perform on a floating stage instead of in the square. 200 yards away
0: yeah but that's not where all the people are it doesn't matter i mean not yeah, the, all the people they'll
2: they'll still be able to amplify sound I mean over it, the water i mean
0: because they were worried about the the volume of human bodies there's yeah, a lot of exactly. volume concerns. honestly
2: having having that portion that they took up probably occupied by a stage instead of by human bodies people. is probably like <laughs> the same yeah. if not lower in weight how Anyways, is it floating so they do that a lot it's a barge. because venice is in the middle of yeah. like they're Mars, floating on the water. yeah 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 a floating goodbye not, not in the on air on the goodbye yeah. wow, wow 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 not a
1: hovercraft wow. no. no damn mm. i was hoping there were secrets we didn't know <sighs>
2: the secrets of 1989 the secrets
1: of the vampires that i thought we the vampires lost. were all just going to stare not at them the and like
2: vampires it was the, the floating stage would join a long history of floating ephemeral architecture that Venice was also famous for. And so they're like, look, we're doing it just like you, right? Cool. The stage itself was 318 feet long, 79 feet wide, and 79 feet high. This fucker was gigantic. So they move forward with it. Show day. It's a football the field. The deputy mayor, Cesare de Piccoli, Piccoli whatever, sign. he's the one who ends up signing the final uh, authorization for the concert. Actual mayor, Antonio Casala, Casalati. Casalati. Yeah, he refused to sign it. And this deputy mayor doesn't sign it until like one hour before the beginning of the concert. And he was like, this is happening already. Like, everybody's fucking here. Yeah. It's all set up. I'm gonna. I'm doing this. Uh, The city had been invaded by a huge audience that had been arriving for days in from different places in Europe and a shitload of Italian kids. The cost of the event was mostly financed by the Rai. It was one billion Italian lira which the lira has never really been strong against the well, dollar. It was about 750,000 USD yeah. at the time. Pink Floyd also put up some money for it too. Mm. So I mentioned this before, but the show is free. Anybody can come. Mm. So people are fucking coming. By midday, 200,000 people Ging. had wedged together into the like Venice, but also the little surrounding areas. Everywhere Ooh, they can get, I hate this. Yeah. This is my I nightmare. Just like because two hundred thousand people are up in Venice, all the stores shut down. They're like, we're not fucking with this. Water mostly could not be purchased anywhere. You have a spider on your wall.
1: Is it a big one? It, no, it's a little no. one. He's oh, just okay, it's This little jumpy yeah they're good cool
2: water (laughs) could not be bought there were no medical services and not a single public toilet because the people who opposed it were like we don't want chemical toilets in venice because of the waste disposal and like we don't want this so there were no toilets so for these two is that why there was no water They were like, if they we were, don't give them
1: water, they won't. I have mean, to maybe pee.
2: who knows? Um, That's awful. You couldn't buy water. I mean, I'm far you more could, with that. like at a few little places, but all most of the stores were shut down, and the well, and yeah. I'm sure
1: they sold out immediately. Yeah. Also,
2: back in I 1989, had like six waters last night yeah, in 1989. You're not carrying around your own water bottles. Yeah, you don't have a hydro flask, you know. And really, they weren't selling bottled water that much back then either, were they? Was that not Evian, I think of, in the 80s. Anyways, I was one, so I don't remember. I was three. I was four. <laughs> yeah. So I why remember. are you acting like an expert? On because I know water. it from True Beverly Hills. And Cigars, her, cigarettes, cookies. No, well, her Evian. That's what she's drinking yeah. when her fr- Anyways, so water can't be bought. No toilets. Renaissance monuments and doors to cathedrals end up pretty much becoming latrines because people have nowhere else to piss or shit the monuments in the square that had been painstakingly restored over the past 20 years were used as roosts and areas of refuge by concert goers around the stage you could see many traditional venetian boats but people were like straight up in the water also just trying to get no, like in boats, Okay. But like, I thought you mean like watching swimming. it.
0: I mean, I'm sure there were some yeah. people who were like, oh, fuck it.
2: Um, if stand-up sucks. paddle
0: boards were a thing back then, they would have been. <laughs> it would have been. Loved Rotilla.
2: Mm-hmm. San Marcos Square was loaded to full capacity, uh, but most people said it was one of the greatest concerts they had ever experienced. For technical reasons, because of the TV broadcasting requirements and the availability of satellites worldwide, the concert was strictly limited to 90 minutes, uh, which is a lot shorter than a Pink Floyd normal set. No uh, shit, that's like uh, they one play song. forever. Yeah, yeah they said only band. 14 songs were played instead of the 23 original like original honestly getting 14
1: into 90 minutes yeah, for them is for really them.
2: impressive yeah so david gilmore said of the show quote the venice show was great fun but it was very tense and nerve wracking we had a specific length of show to do the satellite broadcasting meant that we had to get it absolutely precise we had the list of songs we shortened them which we had never done before i had a big clock with a red digital readout on the floor in front of me and it had the start time start time for each number on a piece of paper And if we were coming near the start time of the next one, I just had to wrap it up. We had a really good time, but the city authorities who had agreed to provide the services of security, toilets, food, completely reneged on everything they were supposed to do and then tried to blame it of the subsequent problems on us. Lots of twaddle was written about it. Even some nice, respectable journalists from The Guardian, stuff about our music, disturbing the buildings. Complete fucking absolute twaddle.
0: What a word.
2: I know. I was like, oh, you're so
1: brilliant. What a twaddle.
2: It was broadcast in over 220 countries with an estimated 100 million TV spectators, 27 million of them being in the US, where you could buy it for pay per view for like 10 bucks, which is $25 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concert was seen by over 3.5 million viewers in Italy, which would have been about yeah however many whatever the closing of the show was marked by the traditional live fireworks that the feast of the redeemer has and that registered an intensity of 107 decibels and they were like well y'all do this y'all are just fucking with us
0: yeah but that lasts two seconds yeah yeah it's like if you push a wall or if you shake a wall for an hour like what's gonna be yeah
2: so the days after the show, the next day, the TV news carried the site of St. Mark's Square post-concert. Carvings on the <gasps> Doge yeah. Palace were damaged by too many sneakered feet. N- Honestly, the damage itself, there wasn't much. Nobody died. Like That's great. A couple things sort of got damaged, but what did happen, because the local government hadn't given them any of the stuff as there was fucking trash yeah. and piss and shit everywhere.
1: Yeah. They did that to themselves.
2: Knee-deep debris. The water,
1: fine. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Knee-deep debris shocked Italians and humiliated Venetians. Knee-deep. The square had long been called Europe's drawing room and people were very quick to be pissed about the desecration and the Italian, the Venetians start calling for like heads to roll based metaphorically. We're it's 1989. We're yeah. not really cutting it's off people's heads anymore. So. Uh, but Italy, you know, yeah. around 300 tons of rubbish and 500 cubic meters of cans and empty bottles. Holy were left shit. on the ground by the audience. The local municipal company for urban hygiene decided that they weren't going to start picking up the trash until two days later. Why? Because it was like a holiday weekend. Oh uh, my God. They also had to get the Italian army to intervene and support the cleanup. Yeah. Because they it called just, in the troops. They called in the troops pooping. to pick called up the duty. Italian doo-doo. FEMA. The local paper called it. Grandi Pink Floyd. Povera Venezia, which is great for Pink Floyd. Poor Venice. Plenty of pictures were taken of St. Mark's Square covered with litter and young people sleeping in doorways. It definitely said that the whole city had an after-party look the next couple of this days. This just
1: sounds like Austin every
2: morning when I go to work. Yeah, yeah basically, uh, the Christian Democrats who had been opposed to it the whole time. Ooh, I uh, bet they. I told you so. The fuck that. out of that. They were like, "This is." perfect for what we want and they soon took their revenge using pink floyd as a trojan horse to point out all the
0: fucked up shit that they could find and it's funny because it's because um social services were not available and that's why it was a disaster the city run things that they would probably it's just fair. yeah it,
2: it's all dumb as one city official after another rushed to disavow responsibility for the mess venice's mayor antonio castellati like i mentioned before he didn't sign it because he, he was name on he, it. he was like this is not the best idea i don't really support it uh, but he, he no still choice. has to answer for it so he steps up before a packed public meeting to say that the concert had been a mistake. He claimed the government had come under quote unusual pressure from the RAI state-run television which had sold the broadcast rights to more than a dozen countries and other political interest groups that let the show and pressured for the show to go on. Capitalism. Yep. Strikes it again. didn't really matter. Uh, the Venetians were like there's no excuse. They called them fools and scoundrels and said resign resign you've turned venice into a toilet and before the end of the week the mayor and the entire city council resigned Mm -hmm. um within a week yeah by the end of the week did pink Pink floyd resign pink floyd was like we had a great time basically you know catch us at planetarium yeah we'll be at the next place anyways yeah and just to finish it up the former mayor of rome renato nicolini who had seen a rolling stones concert in 1960 in the same square that supposedly also sunk venice a little bit further into the water into the marshes is what they call them said the show should have never been staged in the city that flooding and churning wakes from motorboats cruise ships in the future and various other environmental problems have already rendered extremely delicate quote "This wasn't a cultural event, but a great commercial enterprise promoted by television and the record industry the devil. But that's that's the story of Pink Floyd
0: playing Venice I without think, Roger Waters I think uh, Pink Floyd should have read the room and pulled out:
1: No shit. Yeah like it's kind of like baby time to show up and be like please
0: well and then with all the city council people saying we're just not going to support it if that's the case hardline that a little more than just we're not going to provide services be like you you will not be let into this space like it's just yeah. not fucking happening but i also understand that it was the the money associated with selling the rights to it but then that's their fault yeah get they sued. Jumped the gun.
1: that's what you get uh, whether any have a like city of merchants
0: yeah Were there any, like, long-term issues that arose that were noted? Still smells like poo-poo. No.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, that's kind of the nature of... Living in a city with a shitload of water in it everywhere, um but no, I mean
0: not that popped up in the articles I read. At least that's I'm sure there's, there's something. Any notations of like vandalism or anything?
2: Not really. That's good. Um,
0: that would be my first thought. Is that once conditions started going bad, you were gonna have like a Woodstock situation?
1: It, yeah, that's what I was. I was like, this is Woodstock '99, but just in a far better or worse depending on what side you're on location
2: yeah <laughs> but, overall they said that the
0: crowd was pretty respectful because they, they were, were all mostly high. italians well probably. that too they were probably all italians so it they had like, some sense of i don't know responsibility to the to the space a little bit to the venetians i don't know that's it that's it that's
1: it Weezer, do you want to go you sure go. mine's pretty short right. we were talking about christian democrats so this will loop in if I say the words muscular Christianity at you, what do you think?
0: Like Jesus, lifting weight for Jesus? ripped Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I imagine it's like anyone else who does an activity and claims it's how they like praise God and show him Yeah. Their Did love. you
1: know that it's an actual movement and yeah, it's I actually called muscular Christianity? Muscular Christianity. I'm excited. Tell me about it. Yeah. I can't wait. So, muscular Christianity, and I'm going to have some stuff that's in some places that I will reference again, but um, it really caught popularity in the 19th and early 20th century. At this point, people are kind of like, man, all that Puritan shit really kind of made our boys a little girly and we're concerned. A little soft. Mm-hmm. So, there was concern that Christianity had lost its appeal with young men. Uh, muscular Christian. <clears throat> Robert Warren Conant reported women in attendance outnumbered men by several hundred percent in church at this time. Conant and other muscular Christians believed Jesus had been portrayed as feminine.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Totally unrelatable to his idea of masculine leader of men. We got to butch up Jesus. Okay. In the 1850s, Victorian England muscular Christianity is truly taken hold. And this is it also becomes popular in the U.S., which we will talk to Most famous proponent is Theodore Roosevelt, the manliest man there ever met.
2: that sounds right.
1: Um, So it really took off because there. So it's really well known for like treasuring sports and sportsmanlike conduct and athleticism Jesus would
2: have wanted you to play yeah be a sport a good yeah. sport yeah. yeah i mean they it's it, in the
1: bible yeah well sports make men tougher and more moral that is as true. we all know from all of the sports stars that make the news for being moral
2: mm-hmm. <clears throat> not for
1: beating their wives Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The phrase muscular Christianity is first used in a review of the 19th century novel by Charles Kingsley, who was a Christian minister who objected to the common Christian vibe of rejecting the human body and thought self punishment and celibacy were wrong. That Christian hero is a man of action. Okay. So stop, like. So Jesus lifted weights and fucked. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes. That's honestly kind of more fun. It is. Is it more Christian? I'm not one to
1: decide that. You know, who's to say Theodore Roosevelt? Who's to say? Theodore Roosevelt is to say he's the one. that He's into it. He's into it. And so whenever this review came out with Muscular Christianity at first, Kingsley was like, "Mm, I don't like it. Yeah. And, And he called it painful, if not offensive, to call it that. So around... The mid nineteenth century—that's when British schools start adding recreational sports as a key development. Um, And and without that, that would have really kind of slowed down the muscular Christianity movement. It's because we took them out of the mines and put them into the schools. (laughs) We really messed up. Bad decision. Well, and it was like the mid nineteenth century, so it's not all kids Mm. because some of them are still in the mines.
0: Get up in the mines; Mm -hmm. they're all small
1: with their tiny little (laughs) mine hands. Victorian England private schools had started emphasizing physical fitness as a key component of education. Um, this was driven by an increasingly sedentary lifestyle of the middle class during the industrial period.
0: I think of all of the like, like Secret Garden, all the wasting children. How many yes. children were just
1: wasting? Yeah. Yes. You would have been
2: perfect for that, though. You I'm like robust. to be horizontal, though. Like, no, I don't you, I'm could robust. Have, you could have faked wasting as an adult like fainting couches everywhere
0: yeah if i and it got just me attention about it. too yeah. just like It'd i walk into a room and like, oh Haley, you're up you've not been up in days oh that fall yeah I, I don't know i was a bigger child so i think that they would have been like to the field with this one like yeah pretty fucking quickly yeah. you could have been a wasting woman
2: i don't think I, we were both pretty buff children yeah like neither <laughs> one of us were we were <laughs> we were outdoor kids we were Fully outdoor kids, and definitely we're not wasting children. I can
1: think of. I can think of.
2: I'm gonna have to. Anyways, you go.
1: Muscular Christians believe sports could instill virtues by playing fairly and with honor, as all sports Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Surely, when playing soccer, Haley, you never did a bad. No, I was a goalkeeper. I couldn't do a bad. It's just impossible. But (laughs) physical strength is also important. So not just the virtues. We also need you to be strong so you can protect the weak. Uh, Muscular Christianity is deeply tied to U.S. sports. Tim Tebow. Yep. Hello. Uh, Basketball actually came from the muscular Christian movement. Really? Yeah. James Naismith was like, I can better exemplify the Christian life through sports than the pulpit and now basketball no one gets in trouble for being immoral in in basketball saints all of them Uh, Naismith was working at a YMCA when he came up with basketball Mm -hmm. founded in England in 1844 the YMCA created a it was a The YMCA was created as a place for Christian prayer. The
2: YMCA is not American? It's
1: not, and I specifically brought this to mess with you. I did not. We claimed it. It's ours. The village people took it and it's ours. Yeah. It's American and it's gay. Are you Googling to verify? No, I'm Uh, not. I wanted you to be that upset. No, I believe you. I believe you, Lisa. I believe women. Um, Thank you. So. It was actually, yeah, it was created as a place for Christian prayer for, you know, young men. Mm -hmm. Um, But it quickly turned into a gym driven by Christian I just think
0: if you get a bunch of men in an area all concentrated around each other, and there's all that, like, kind of collective effervescence of, like, Jesus-y shit, like, that energy's got to go somewhere, and either they're going to start fighting or they're going to start fucking. And so you get some sports in there and it mitigates it. Yeah. Yeah. Or accelerates it. Yeah. You know,
1: but that was part of it was like, mm-hmm. Hey, we've got a lot of dudes with a lot of pent up shit. We got to give them something to get it out with. And then that's where sports comes in. Football's also uh, associated with muscular Christianity. When football was criticized for being too violent, probably the first time our uh, Lord and savior, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt was like, A little bit of risk is the perfect way to shape masculine men.
0: It's mostly head injuries. injuries. I'm mostly worried
1: about. I mean,
2: for football, but if it's just muscular, Christian, you could be muscular without playing football.
0: Yeah, but we were talking. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: It also contributed to the development of the Olympic Games. Like the what? modern Olympic games? Yes, Pierre de Coubertin, the founder of the modern Olympics, was greatly influenced by muscular Christianity. I was one of his primary inspirations alongside the ancient Olympic games of Greece. So he was like, let's take that and a completely different time and a completely different religion and own it. Just and make take make people it. wear clothes
0: and do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Muscular Christianity can be traced to Paul the Apostle, who used athletic metaphors to describe the challenges of Christian life. I'm huh. sure that's what he meant. I mean, we can all interpret the Bible the same way. We all do. Everybody who believes that's in the how Bible it works. believes exactly this. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, the different sects mm-hmm. are just for, for, fun, for friendship. For friendship. Explicit advocacy of sport and exercise in Christianity appears in 1762. So that's kind of the first time we see it. When uh, Rousseau described physical education as important to the formation of moral character in his piece, Emile. We all know Emile. It wasn't all great. They do trace muscular Christianity to some uh, negative traits, if you can even imagine. Uh, There's a story about a clergyman at Cambridge University who horsewhipped another clergyman for saying grace without mentioning Jesus because there was a Jew at the table.
2: I don't understand, I don't understand reasoning. the reason.
1: So one clergyman was like, "You know what? I'm going to respect your religion. I'm not going to say Jesus during the about God. We're, we're just going to say of... thank you God for this food." Yeah. And this other clergyman finds out and he's like, "The fuck you did? I'm a big old man. I'm Wait. a horse whip you for doing that." Wait
0: until he finds out that Jesus was a drill.
1: I know. Oh, that's what I yeah. thought. And uh, no one tell him. He's going to horse whip everyone. <laughs> Someone's getting horse whipped It's true I'll sign up There are What? Oh I thought when I was, was making a noise He was finger at me Saying I like, no,
0: uh, no 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 None of that now Haley
1: Thought I was making a noise So there are six criteria For muscular Christianity Alright let's see if we got it Wit Number one A man's body is given by God Got
0: I, it A man's body was given to me by We'll call him we God We both own males Oh yep Got it
1: Yeah <laughs> Keep going. Number two, must be trained.
0: Uh, Dance and soccer, and we're taking yeah. it.
1: Yeah, if we're talking about ourselves, if we're talking yes.
0: about in relation to sport and yes.
2: athleticism.
1: Yes, we are trained professionally.
0: Professionally.
1: Mm-hmm. Three, you must then be brought into subjection for what you've been trained for. Have I been yelled at by a coach and
0: cried? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Four, did it make me better? Yes.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. you must use your strong, strong body. For protection of the weak,
0: I don't know if I've—I don't know if I've been protected given anybody. the opportunity to protect the weak. I've inserted myself into situations to keep my friends safe, but I don't know if that was athleticism or just I was the but tallest one. But it's your one. body, okay? I'll—you know what—I'm not going to give myself that one because I think I had to do some
1: pushing. So we're three of four right now, both of us. Yeah, it must be used for advancement. Of all righteous causes. No, I've done
0: specifically for evil mm-hmm. and menacing
1: and yeah. chicanery. And yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm not going well. Final one must be used for the subduing of the earth, which God has given to the children of men.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: The
2: subduing of the earth. Yeah. Like making the earth our bitch. Yeah. You don't go punch the earth every morning. <laughs> I do, actually. Just to remind yeah, it that right. who's boss? You're right. Yes. I stomp on it. And you said, God daily, told me to,
1: God sent me. Daily walk. So on y'all the earth. are four out of six. Yeah. That's a solid. That's two thirds of a muscular Christian. Yeah, man. Two thirds of a muscular Christian. Hell yeah.
0: I think we can get caught up on the other
1: two with just a little bit more guidance. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And like words that make sense and aren't just historical yeah. chicanery. Yeah,
2: it's chicanery.
1: So yeah, and then, you know, if you're thinking about muscular Christianity as it is now, you can think of Tim Tebow, Manny Pacquiao. uh, Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. This is just fun for me. But Michael Kimmel argues in his book, Manhood in America, that University of Notre Dame showcases muscular Christianity because the school practices Catholicism. (laughs) Male athletes on the varsity teams are thought to practice uh, this one guy, this the guy who came up with the criteria, Thomas Hughes, uh, six criteria for muscular Christianity. Notre Dame's football team, for example, are Catholic men who believe their bodies are a gift from God. Therefore, they train their bodies in the name of God. Now that is muscular Christianity, bodies, ladies. In the... Name of God.
0: the, the- Feminine version of this that's happening Now is the Christian fitness influencers You know like Brittany Dawn and all Mm -mm. that Maybe I'll do that As a story she's a Fitness influencer Who got into Some hot water with some scandalous shit So she like dove into the Christian Side of things Mm. to kind of like Redeem herself In that kind of way and she's just a fucking Allegedly A scammer but yeah I'll I feel like m-
1: most okay. people who use Christianity are scammers. To sell something. Right? I saw Muscular Christianity and I was like a moth to flame. Uh, what? Is it like Niffin? organized
0: still? Like where there's like meetup groups of muscular Christians? I mean, the Christians? YMCA. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I don't even, but I don't even associate Christianity to the YMCA. Like it's not ubiquitous to I me. I know you don't, but it is extremely
1: <sighs> present. Uh. I worked there for about two days. Went, wow. Two went not days. joking <clears throat>
0: in the quiet hamlet of dalby on the isle of man the irving family resided in a farmhouse seemingly untouched by the chaos of the outside world in the early 1930s james irving a hard-working farmer tended to the fields and his wife margaret or maggie managed the hearth and home their teenage do- daughter voira which i'm <laughs> pretty what? sure voira it's spelled I've never V-O- heard that it's v-o-i-r-r-e-y but i've heard it's pronounced like mora that's but with a cool v. voira yeah. um brought youthful energy to their quaint abode um life for the irvings was, was by all accounts ordinary but as is often the case with tales that captivate the imagination the seemingly mundane lives of the irvings took an unexpected turn nestled in the rugged landscapes of their idyllic surroundings which i mean the isle of man is beautiful but it's also kind of like rough and sort of not inhabitable very
1: seafarer yes
0: exactly um their household was about to become the center of a bizarre and unexplainable phenomenon that would enthrall investigators journalists and curious minds for decades to come the life of the irvings initially took a peculiar turn when odd sounds like scratching rustling and strange vocal noises began reverberating through the walls of their farmhouse. Initially, they attributed the disturbance to a potential rodent issue, so they set traps to their confusion. No rodents were caught, but the unsettling noises persisted and even intensified. (gasps) Trying to intimidate them, um, trying to intimidate whatever lurked within, James, the father, started growling back. at the uh noises that were happening in the building what would dmx uh, do and what would uh bark Mm -hmm. probably um and, and instead of the entity cowering the unseen presence responded with a growl of its own suggesting some level of intelligence or understanding between the homeowners and the that's what I think
1: is happening. How old with are you, Haley? Me? Were you there? No. Were you in the walls growling the at that man? Haley was in the walls. Were you growling just at the, the man? Haley was in I the was walls. Was. Are you three hundred years old? Yeah.
0: So, what started as an annoying disturbance transformed into something stranger? This unseen visitor wasn't merely mimicking sounds. It was adapting, learning, and remembering them. And as time passed, it became apparent that this mysterious presence possessed an unexpected level of intelligence. Adding to the intrigue, the disturbances took a communicative term. The unseen entity began picking up human language. The Irvings could hear conversations throughout the house that were not their own. This is a
1: feral child. This is a feral child? <laughs> no, no though
0: <laughs> the, the once disturbing noises transitioned into gurgles resembling tentative speech of like a baby. Um, and this marked a shift from an odd disturbance to a full blown paranormal encounter, which I would call it a paranormal encounter before, but what can you do? hundred yeah. percent. The ordinary farmhouse now stood at the epicenter of an unexplained mystery. The strange sounds, which were becoming baby like, was attributed to Voira, the 12-year-old daughter of Jane of the Irvings, who unintentionally became the entity's language teacher as she recited nursery rhymes when she felt like the entity was around. And then she began to hear the entity copying her in her kind of like higher-pitched childlike voice. Was she doing that to self-soothe
1: or to teach? I, they,
0: It's like they started realizing they could interact with this thing and chose to actively interact with it yeah after mm. this entity began to learn language the mysterious creature introduced itself as jeff the mongoose Ew. do you want to jeff more? jeff with a g g-e-f no
1: i'm sorry
0: g-e-f yep jeff not even like french jeff y'all are focusing on jeff and not the mongoose part okay that's that's fair <laughs> So, Voira's nursery rhymes in the English spoken in the Irving home seemed to rub off on Jeff. In a letter written by James to a friend, he wrote that Jeff thanked him, saying, For years, I could understand all that was said. I tried to talk, but couldn't until you taught me. According to Jeff, the entity in the farmhouse in the Isle of uh, man, man. Yeah, according the to Irvings. the entity. Yep. He was born in Delhi, India in 1852. And he claimed to be a, quote, extra, extra clever mongoose, describing himself as both a earthbound spirit and also a ghost in the form of a mongoose or the ghost of a mongoose. According to Voira, Jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail. Like, um, he's Rikki-Tikki-Tabi. Yeah, for
1: sure. (laughs) Y'all, for real, though, a squirrel just ran by? That's Jeff's cousin.
0: (laughs) left
1: and it's spelled with a j
0: (laughs) okay so according to voyra jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail love that on one occasion he even declared i am a freak i have hands and i have feet and you if you saw me you'd faint you'd be petrified mummified turned into stone or a pillar of salt implying that he's like some kind of shapeshifter who's choosing mongoose
2: what's a pillar of salt a pillar of salt that's what happens when sodom and gomorrah, sodom and gomorrah when he lots looks wife
0: turn into a pillar of salt it's biblical Have you, are you not a muscular S- christian
2: i don't know if lisa's a muscular
1: she didn't do the test she didn't
2: us. where if we're out of oh, six she's like a. wow 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 uh,
1: I'm a fainting woman. <laughs> Thank you, sickly child. Okay, so Jeff
0: liked gossip and roamed the island picking up information and other ra- ra- random yes, stuff. Yes, like, Quite literally, he would steal stuff from other people's properties yes, and bring it back Jeff. to the Irving. I love that. But Jeff always came back to the Irving family um, farmhouse in Doralish Cashin. Nailed it. Yeah, I get. I'm sure I got that in whatever Gaelic or perfectly. Um, the family even claimed Jeff entertained them with village gossip. Yeah, I want to I know I want to Jeff and read the local newspapers before um, retiring to his quote sanctum Which was an alcove above Voira's bedroom So like a space in between the wall didn't exactly like touch all
1: the way mm-hmm. like a
0: little crawl space
1: What's going on with this family? Do we get there? We'll get there. Okay. Thank mm-hmm.
0: you Initially Jeff and the Irving family had an uneasy relationship marked by what Jeff jokingly fer- referred to as devilment his loud banging on the walls and quote satanic laughter instilled fear and hostility in the Irvings leading them to believe Jeff was trying to scare them out of the farmhouse. So they moved um, the Irving family moved from the mainland to the Isle of Man to kind of like start over as farmers because they had previously been like shitty farmers. No, they were actually kind of well to do not vitrola's not pianos, pipe organs. They sold pipe organs and then they fell like nice. out of fashion and they kind of like lost their right. portion. They're like, what are we going to do? Anyway, So they, uh, in that same thing, they were already kind of ostracized a little bit by the rest of the people in the Isle of Man. Cause they're like, who are these kind of like pipe organists? Who are these people like cosplaying as farmers? Sure. But they seem to do okay. Anyways. So they, they hadn't always lived there. They moved there. They had a kid. And then when the kid was about a teenager is when this stuff with Jeff started happening. Um, they blamed Jeff for hurling stones, killing rabbits, and singing crude versions of "Home on the Range." Nice. Um, his talks ranged from impolite, like "I've been in nicer homes, carpets, piano, satin covers on polished tables. I'm going back." I'm, like, I fucking love Jeff. Reading them basically. Jeff. To Althwait threatening um, at one occasion, saying, "I could kill you all, but I won't." I love Jeff's gay. Jeff ass. is
2: like Jessica Lange from Yeah, all. just very biting american horror yeah. story
0: situations yeah
2: i mean and and just her general presence yeah. i assume is very lucille bluth jessica lang i feel like, bluth, I feel like
0: when i've seen jessica lang in interviews, she's very like kind and soft oh i'm sure she yeah. is but, it's a but she plays bitch. she does yeah. play bitch real good she looks good doing it too she does okay the talking mongoose according to some accounts often made fun of the irvings remarking that james irving had looked like an onion <laughs> I agree i like i can see i it. can see too on another occasion jeff <laughs> peeped on maggie the mom undressing like when she was getting ready for bed and cobwebs <laughs> <laughs> you know what like is a drop dead friend is very accurate to yeah. so kind of the vibe anyway so he he mocked her by like every time she took off an article of clothing he would say it like <laughs> when he's taking off Shirt. and kind of like <laughs> Fuck with her about it. I don't know. It'd creep me out if Jeff? I took off my shirt and somebody goes, "Oh,
1: you took your shirt off," yeah. and
0: then I'm like, uh, "Jeff, you don't Jeff. even
1: need a bra." I really thought Jeff was gay this whole time. And I don't know. I, I think, think he's he just, just a menace. Um, he
0: could be both. um He could be a bisexual menace. Jeff. Okay. The Jeff. Irvings said he eventually acted like a guardian for the home, giving them a heads up about approaching guests or unfamiliar dogs or wildlife in the area. They even insisted that if someone forgot to put the fire out at night, Jeff would sometimes put it out himself. Jeff. Um, according to them, Jeff played the role of an alarm clock, waking pe- people up when they overslept Jeff. by throwing stuff at them. <laughs> and when mice found their way into the house, Jeff would become the mouse killer or the mouse scarer, kind of like a house cat would Mongies are good killing they do um and kind of in return the irvings would share treats with them he liked biscuits and chocolate and bananas and sausage and they had a unique way of offering him food by suspending a saucer from the ceiling in which jeff would grab when he thought no one was looking so it's like they wouldn't just like give him treats they would like Put him out that he kind of like a bird feeder, yeah, like he, he gets but for to our, find your it. house mongoose spirit. Yeah. It's like Santa cookies. Yeah. I mean, Santa is not that different of a descriptive of like a, except he's not a trickster.
1: Yeah. He's not going to throw coal at you. He's just going to leave it there. <sighs> no.
0: Okay. So the family claimed that Jeff was a regular companion on their trips to the market, always staying on each other's sides of the hedges, chatting away incessantly, but never being seen. I was going to say,
2: they can't. the girl is Every, the only one who knows what and he so looks everyone
0: like. Everyone in the family have claimed who had seen Jeff in some capacity. Voira had the most experience with it. And other people in the village had seen Voira talking to Jeff when she was like walking to school. This is starting to stress but me But they out. couldn't ever see Jeff himself. But they could see Voira talking to Jeff and they could hear Jeff responding. Because
1: she's like 12 at this point. Yeah, this she's a teenager. And this isn't makeup friend, believe. So she didn't have a lot of friends.
0: Like okay. that was called out in a couple of interviews okay. in kind of like a rude way. Like this chick's like 13, like don't be mean. It's British media. I guess. Um, so Jeff's activities often revolved around Voira, leading some to suggest he was a poltergeist poltergeist a term combining the german words for crash and ghost is a noisy spirit known for violently throwing objects and creating disturbances i didn't
1: know that's where that word came from mm-hmm.
0: um like zeitgeist poltergeist yeah. yeah poltergeist activity commonly centers around adolescents undergoing emotional turmoil or honestly uh, puberty is <laughs> a big part of it like the exorcist is completely based off of that that's not a that's a demon anyways Notable cases like the infield P- poltergeist, which have y'all done that? It's in England. There's like video of it. It's where uh, she like talks and like the double voice and like, it's a, you've probably seen it. Um, mm-hmm. And, which invo- and uh, the Danny poltergeist case, which I haven't heard of involving young individuals. Some believe that poltergeists are drawn to hormonal fluctuations and emotional stress in adolescence. Um, others argue that individuals generate bursts of telekinetic energy, causing objects to move through recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. That's sure. a lot. It's God a bless lot. you. Yeah. <laughs> Despite these um, ac- um, associations, when directly asked if he was a poltergeist, Jeff denied it, stating, I am not like one of those, claiming instead to be more like a quote, Indian familiar, which I don't know what that means. And I'm not going to explore it. So, in the small Isle of Man community, rumors about the Irvings and their mysterious spook spread swiftly. Local headlines like, Man Weasel Mystery Grips (laughs) Island. Queerest Beast Talks to Daily Dispatch. Man Weasel Mystery Grips. Man Weasel. Man Weasel is good. Wait, This was in 1932. Talks to
1: Daily Dispatch. Does that mean that a newspaper interviewed Jeff? Kind of, sort of. It <laughs> um, did
0: feature Jeff, um, and that ca- captured ca- that initial article um, captured the attention of larger media. Rex Lambert, who is the founding editor of the BBC's Listener Magazine, and celebrity paranormal investigator Harry Price investigated the mongoose mystery. Harry Price is like real famous too at that time for this exact thing. He's done a lot of different investigations. Um, to be fair, he did not consider this important enough to initially go investigate on himself, himself to Isle of Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sent Harold Dennis to probe the case further. Dennis interviewed the Irvings and locals with eerie encounters linked to Jeff because now the, everyone's kind of building onto the lore and saying that they've seen I've Jeff. I've talked sorry. to Jeff Jeff was in my yard and killed my rabbit. Jeff uh, told my wife that she had saggy titties. Like, he's out there. Um, Lambert and Price concluded their investigation skeptical of Jeff's existence um they provided some hair samples that the irving said were attributed to jeff but experts said that it was probably just like dog hairs from their sheep dog or their farm dog and then they also (laughs) provided clay imprints that were taken that they like jeff refused to like be shown being taken um and they just look like if somebody got a piece of clay and then, like, used their fingers to make little paw prints in you it. You do, like, the little yes, baby foot kind thing. kind of. And they're, like, different sizes. So it implied that all of his feet were, like, different sizes. Maybe. Which, as an entity, if you're trying yeah. to form your it's your body, fault. maybe you're not good at it. Anyways. Jeff's got a lot on his yeah. mind. So clay, the clay imprints of Jeff's paws claimed by James Irving were indecipherable and didn't resemble any known animal. Despite the lack of concrete evidence, Dennis experienced strange occurrences during during visits to the Irving's farmhouse from disembodied voices to violently moved objects during one incident Voira Irving was once again at the center of violent activity and this is a quote We Dennis and the Irving's sat and talked until about 11:45 p.m. and as nothing had taken place I suggested making my way back to Glen May just as I shut the door of the house we heard a very shrill voice from inside scream out go away. Who is that man? Mr. Irving gripped my arm and said, that's it. And so as soon as the door was shut. Yeah. And there was a couple of instances of like a journalist coming by to interview and Jeff not wanting to talk to them. But once Voira or Maggie or James were like not in the same room, you could, Jeff could suddenly hear them like, yeah. So, you know, maybe it's just a family all really good at ventriloquism. Throwing their voices. Throwing their voices. Um, And so they also had instances of objects being moved or violently thrown. Quote, shrill screams accompanied by terrific knocking, loud bangs, emanated emanated, oh my God, emanated from all parts of the house in quick succession. Don't cut that. I know, don't, I'm an idiot. As if the perpetrator (laughs) moved with lightning speed, the bangs appeared to come from the roof, Mr. and Mrs. Irving's room, over the kitchen, and on the staircase. The noise continued for about 15 minutes, culminating with tremendous bangs, as if something had been thrown with great violence upstairs. So we went again to Voyra's room, and found that a heavy chair, which Mrs. Irving had put in the staircase, covering on the staircase covering had been flung from its place and fallen partly on the bed and partly on the chest of drawers. Voira, who was awake, said, oh, it's only some more of Jeff's tricks, but did not appear at all perturbed. So again, they didn't, they heard stuff. They didn't really like see it. Yeah. Silly. Dennis Irvings and Lamberty published their findings in uh, article called The Haunting of Cassian's Gap, a modern, quote, miracle investigated, and that was published in 1936. In February 1937, Hungarian-born psychoanalyst Nandor Fodor... What a no. name. Nandor Fodor. What a name. Yeah, delved into Jeff's mystery. Staying at the Irvings' house for a week, he neither saw nor heard Jeff. Fodor, research officer for Fodor. the International Institute for Psychical Research, which is a very famous... You would have heard them through other types of stuff. At about that same time, more so in that turn of the century, spiritualism kind of thing, right? Anyways, he rejected deliberate deception, proposing a complex psychological theory based off on a, quote, split off part of Jim Irving's personality. He compiled his findings in the 1951 book, Haunted People, Story of the Poltergeist Down for the Centuries voters freudian influenced ideas on poltergeist led him to jeff he abandoned the notion of poltergeist as spirits and suggested they were psychic manifestations from the subconscious a notion that stirred controversy at the time again very freudian like you have a poltergeist because you want to sleep with your mom mm.
1: basically okay i don't know I've never had a poltergeist before. Never wanted to sleep with my mom
0: before. <laughs> Me neither. Probably yeah. why we've
2: never had poltergeists.
0: You know that's a good point. Good for us. We're really normal, well-adjusted yes. people in our and strong and Christian. Yes. Yep. Voter never met the talking goose at any point. He wrote Jeff a farewell letter when he was leaving, expressing disappointment at not speaking to him, but still believing Jeff to, Jeff to be a quote very good and generous mongoose. And even brought him chocolate and biscuits.
1: That man had to write that letter just really thinking he was, like, he knew, that but he had to, gen- like, put some oomph into well, that letter right. and so, feel real silly.
0: Yeah, and in the end, Fodor concluded that Jeff was a projection from the bored mind of James Irwin, who was an intelligent man with a more lively past that kind of had, like, banished himself to the British Midland. So mm-hmm. he thought, he thinks it's daddy. He thinks daddy going crazy. Okay. Um, and so I think that when he wrote that letter, he's like, there's no real harm happening here. Jeff, right? you're a good mongoose. You're a good mongoose. Here's some biscuits. Snack out of here. Yeah. There. In exploration of Jeff the Talking Mongoose, psychic investigators considered the possibility of a poltergeist while skeptics included Isle of Man residents, in- sorry, while skeptics including Isle of Man residents suspected a hoax orchestrated by the Irving family, particularly the daughter of Voira. Mm-hmm. Because, That's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, it, it, nobody ever suspects Maggie in this. It's all James and Voira. It's Maggie the, was the man part and of it. The oh, well, then oh, it was, it was yeah. Maggie. She absolutely was. Maggie also apparently had like a very like witchy vibe. Like, people commented on that. That's one of the reasons why she was kind of ostracized a little bit. Like, she had very, like, an intense stare or something like that. She just looked at people and they were like... So, reports of Voira making noises and suspicions of ventriloquism led many to question the authenticity, authenticity of Jeff. Contemporary media scholar Jeffrey Sconce suggests that Jeff was likely an imaginary creation of the Irving's clever daughter. Despite the peculiar stories, no concrete evidence has ever emerged about Jeff's true origins or existence. Um, was it a communal delusion, like a full day. full what? I was it was in my oh, last it's story? Full.
2: It's like folly day. Follow. Folly Full yeah. do That's Fally what we due. thought the, Trump,
0: the Trumps the tromps were going through. Yeah. When they did that road trip. The mystery remains unsolved, adding to its enduring allure author chris yosef um acknowledges the lack of resolution finding it integral to the case's intrigue he wrote a book called jeff with an (laughs) exclamation point like jeb i want to read that Um, i think it has a tagline underneath it but it just says jeff real big um as jess as, as jeff's visitations dwindled maggie and Voira left the farmhouse in 1945 after james irving's death Um, actor Leslie Graham, the new owner, claimed to have shot Jeff in 1946. (gasps) Oh my God. But Voira disputed this, insisting the creature in the picture was not Jeff. Oh, there's a photo. Apparently, Yes. Um, so that bitch killed a rat maybe a squirrel or something not Jeff Jeff. she would know Dennis Price and other researchers failed to provide conclusive evidence for or against Jeff's existence despite skepticism Harry Price noted the case's psychological complexity and a mysterious motive Voira Irving who passed away in 2005 also this kind of um, she got made fun of basically the rest of her life for this which is like a bummer but even then she maintained Jeff's Reality, her entire life, insisting that the Dolby Spook was not a hoax.
1: She lived a long. She time did too.
0: Um, good job, Jeff. Whether real or fabricated, the tale of Jeff, the extra special talking mongoose, remains one of the UK's most peculiar and captivating folklore stories. And most of this I got from a Medium article, an Atlas Obscura article, which is the Atlas Obscura article is really really good. They have a lot of good stuff on their site, and then Mental Floss did a write up of it too jeff the mongoose i think i think it's fun i agree i think it's fun too <laughs> i, I think also
1: it's think it's I, weird if would you i have didn't.
2: made fun of that girl Yes. Yeah. yes, yes
1: I oh would. i would have believed her if there was i would have t- gone down that journey with her no because if i would
0: have thought that there was a talking mongoose i would tell nobody like my friends are not not knowing that that's Mm-mm. what's going on with me Absolutely not. Unless they come
1: to my house and then I have to explain it. (sighs) Maybe if it's poltergeisting. And then they have to be like, that's your dad. Yeah, your dad's. I saw your dad throw a pebble at me. It's not
0: a mongoose. Then you
1: have to accept that your dad's going crazy. Nobody wants to do that. Well, from like the mundane, like real world
0: aspect of it, it's almost definitely a little minty illness, some boredom, folly ado, just kind of a combination. Them being ostracized already from their community and this happening from fun esoteric kind of idea the the Isle of Man is already kind of like mysterious. Like they've like mm-hmm. found stuff there because it's just ancient and it's in between, um, in the middle between Ireland and the UK or um, England. Um, so just a lot of history there. And it's like, if it's already kind of haunty and there's already like entities and one kind of latches on and that whole buildup of it not having like any type of intelligent speech and like learning and then it's saying that it has hands and feet, but it being described initially as a weasel and then a mongoose. And then we just... It's just like it's forming itself more of like like a tulpa more than mm-hmm. anything. And then she, teaching it speech. I don't know. I just think it's... I think it's a... I think it's a tulpa. That but, went a little fun. That went a little... only a little stinker. You think it's a what? A tulpa. So it's like a... a <laughs> it's 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 something that you create a, around the energies that are already existing. Oh, okay. Basically, it, you, whatever you assign it to be. So a lot of people who have like hauntings in their house, if they have fear of whatever that entity is doing, the fear feeds it into being mm-hmm. something scary as opposed to if you have an entity in your house that's being maybe just doing stuff like opening doors and stuff, like taking control of that situation and treating it like a kid and being like, stop opening doors. Like you don't yeah. need to be doing that. Then it then it shifts that energy. So if it already started doing like kind of trickstery things and they started treating it as a trickster, then I think it absorbed that personality and formed itself and it just the gets language. Worse. Yeah, and then, then it's, but then it, again, it shifted again because it turned into like a protector. Yeah. Yeah, so, but more than likely again, uh, mental illness
1: and boredom. Which is where all my fun stuff comes from, too. So Same. Yeah. Same. It sounds like Jim just wanted a son at some point, never got it. And he was like, this is what a, <sighs> a little mongoose. boy would do.
2: <laughs> talking
1: mongoose. Yep.
0: Well, happy Halloween. Feliz. Happy Halloween. Merry Christmas. Happy Fourth of July.
1: Feliz, all of it. Yeah.
2: Today's the high holiday of the year. Yep. It's the holiday. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, we're all going to go take night naps. Mm-hmm. That's called sleeping.
0: I'm going to take a night nap. Working on my night nap. Yep. Ooh. Bye. Bye.